Is that Rob? Rob Turpin? Uh, Rob the Turpin, Turpin. Let me hear your voice, sir. <laughs> Sorry, my wife was microwaving a slope. So I was out of the room. Really? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, okay, aha. Like a, like a bed warmer. Yeah. Uh, okay, she hasn't turned feral. <laughs> yeah, we're only eating exotic animals now. Uh, only the animals that you can catch, obviously. Yeah, and I've just emptied the room of dog. So, um, yeah, I'm ready to record. Uh, how are you? I've managed to mess up the uh, the recording thing, and, but I don't know where the other one is. It's probably recording some alternative Yeah, an alternative timeline. Yeah. Uh, in which the uh, North v South podcast is quite good and professional. Yeah, and, and interesting. <laughs> That's a bit of a stretch. Um, uh, uh, well, welcome to North v South. Should I do yes. it? Well, I've done it. You have, haven't you? What episode <laughs> yeah. is this, John? 99. Blimey. I say blimey every episode. Like, I'm sure I was saying after about three. Right, down to business. Oh, my word. Oh. You, oh. Keyboards are waterproof, yeah? Oh, dear. Bear with me one moment, that, Caller. Has that really gone on your yeah, keyboard? <laughs> I think it'll be fine. It's only a little bit. Right, I'll just leave my keyboard there for now. You still hear me? Yeah. Good. Excellent. Just waiting for you to have a meltdown about the 100 quid keyboard. A bit of beer. <clears throat> I'm drinking uh, Schrodinger's Cat, John. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So every time you well, drink it, you ring a bell? <laughs> it's Pavlov. Uh, <laughs> no, I am. Is that the one with the box? Is dead in a box? Yeah. I am, and oh. I am not drinking Schrodinger's Cat okay. beer. Uh, from the Atom Brewery in Yorkshire. Oh, not her, My then. niece bought me for Christmas. Bless her. Oh. But seeing as there are about 6,000 breweries in the UK yeah. now. We can't keep track of them all, can we? I, My wife has been to Audi, obviously to buy toilet paper. Of course. And um, she's brought some craft beers back from Audi. Mm. 99p a can. You can't complain about that, can well, you? Well, we'll see. This one is Odyssey Craft Brewery. Quite a nice can in a kind of Keith Harling style yeah. illustration. And the beer is called Luna Lager, which is not very imaginative, is it? Yeah. But oh, I thought it was um, it was appropriate seeing as I was speaking to you. <laughs> Maybe you don't get imagination for 99p. It's just lager. It just smells like cooking lager. Yeah. Not very crafty then. It's not bad, actually. It's like a little pilsner. Yeah. Very nice. 99p. Get down to Aldi, if you can. Responsibly. If you're allowed to move. Yeah, exactly. Are you self-isolating yet? I've been self-isolating for six years. <laughs> yeah, likewise. Quite literally. It is not going to affect my life whatsoever. <laughs> because all I do is sit in this room. I know there's been quite so, a lot of thing on uh, Twitter about this kind of self-isolating thing and all the freelancers just going, what, what, what of it? Uh, I've seen a lot of... Um, uh, amazing advice being offered for free. You know, I, we, we love, we love a bit of that advice when you haven't asked for yes. it kind of thing or criticism when you haven't asked for it as well. That's another good isn't one, it? isn't it? Yeah. You can all f*** off. <laughs> it's good for you to get the beep out so quickly. <laughs> uh, uh, so Robert, 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 what have you been up to? Well, I've been on holiday, Jonathan. Well, actually we've had Christmas. Yeah. I had flu, regular Common or garden flu. 
Yeah. Uh, Me too. Yeah. Oh, I was sick as a yeah, parrot. Yeah, I was as well. And Steph. Yeah. It was, For it was ages. grim, wasn't it? And a holiday. Yeah, I've just got back last week from the Indian Ocean, which is always nice to say. You always make it sound like you're some sort of pith-helmeted explorer returning with the Yeah, you know, I do get a, a lot of funny looks around the resort. Um, but, you know, <laughs> you've got to do it, haven't you? So we, we haven't spoken since November the 28th. Good God. There was talk of us doing trying to finish the 100th before uh, the end of the year, but that has failed miserably due to illness and Christmas. All talk, and no podcasting. Uh, so uh, what have you been up to recently? What have you been up to recently? Well, actually, there's a new addition, isn't there? What's that? A new to addition? To your household. Oh, the addition, yeah. Um, there is. Uh, we've got a new dog. Uh, she's called Boudica. And like the Iceni queen that she is named after she is a vicious war loving criminal you wouldn't think it's a look at her no she's very cute but she's not she's a, uh it's like having a newborn baby in the house and it's um, teeth. it's been really really hard work yeah <laughs> yeah but she's uh she's fantastic she's going really well if she'd stop pooing and weeing in the house that would be great please okay. and chewing things uh, was was but ralph that's a puppy. What a puppy does when you got him yeah, but he was about. Yeah, he was. He was a bit older. He was excited, we had because we were away. He was excited. Well, he still is. But she, uh, no, she's a proper puppy. We we've had her since she was like uh, nine weeks. Wow! So she was tiny, and she's now nearly twenty weeks. Maybe maybe she wasn't nine weeks. Maybe she was ten weeks. I can't remember. But anyway, we've had her about a month. What I've been doing. I've been I've been just building websites. Like lots of websites, lots of speculative websites for clients that have gone horribly wrong. I've worked on some really uh, pro- projects that have really gone pretty badly. Um, <laughs> Not nothing to do with your input. Well, I don't know. You start thinking. He cursed. You, <laughs> you know, like all of these lies. <laughs> but most of it is just not. It's just bad planning or not really thinking about what you know yeah. what you're doing. And most of my um, yeah, most of my time is spent telling clients that. Um, or trying to persuade them that their decisions or the lack of decisions aren't really going to help them in the mm. long run. Uh, but no, uh, so I've launched a site today and that's been quite stressful in the fact that I had an existing site that's just moved. So, uh, so imagine one URL and then we're moving it to another one, but the existing one's got to stay, got to be a new website, oh. but all the old links have still got to work to the oh, crikey. new one. So Working the for- forwarding on that has been um, interesting, All good. and I was and I've been given a couple of days to do it. So, <laughs> of course, um, <clears throat> yeah, no, it seems to be working. Yeah, I got a nice email from the client tonight, so thank you for that. And um, we'll see, we'll see. I think that the um, it's a, an event, so and I think it's going to be cancelled. <laughs> so it's all, all a waste of time anyway. I imagine it will be. Um, most events any time between March and May are, look look lightly. They do, they're don't they? They're not going to happen. Yeah. Which is a massive impact on uh, my wife and I's work yeah. because we both work predominantly in events now. Mm. And most of my work's events-based stuff and, and she works on live events. So she's had five cancelled so far. me. Yeah. We're going to have to... Um, <clears throat> I'd say you could squeeze in a holiday while things are quiet, but... <laughs> well, no, not if they close the schools as well. Yeah. So, um, but we're just going to have to be pragmatic about it and, you know... Uh, there's the thing with uh, I'm going to give some advice of uh, freelancers who um, obviously haven't asked for it, but 
you know, having a buffer with a little bit of cash is really going to be handy for mm. us this year um, because I think our earnings are going to drop through the, the floor, yeah. really are going to suffer. Um, but, you know, you know, life goes on. Yeah, there's been quite a lot on Twitter about, because um, quite a lot of the comic cons have been uh, cancelled. And um, there's quite a lot of illustrators and comic creators that, that make a good wedge of money from the, from the comic cons. And they're, you know, they're going to struggle now, because uh, particularly because a lot of them will have already forks out for getting stuff yeah. printed and produced. <clears throat> Yeah, and I don't think insurance aren't really going to give you much. Um, you know, I think they they're like God. What do they call them? Like godlike events. Force majeure, that, is it? Or is that something? Yeah, else? that that's not going to be part of. No, it. it's not. Doesn't count because it's normally not the event cancelling. It's the big exhibitors. So I think with the book fair last year, the, uh, last week, mm. the reason that cancelled was because HarperCollins pulled out, and I don't know how big they are, 75% of all books yeah. go through yeah. them or something ridiculous like that, or Macmillan. Anyway, so, yeah, I think we, we're just going to have to um, play it by ear, but uh, I'm quite excited by it, to be honest, because if I do go quiet, I can really concentrate on a few, you know, on lots of other projects or rethink your business yeah. and move it in a different direction. We can only be positive about this because... There's absolutely nothing we no, can do about it. Well. It's like Brexit, isn't it? We're going to have... You've you just know, got to deal with it. Yeah, we do now. You know, now mm. we're in it. But, um, but yeah, I um, uh, I do hope everyone's family uh, managed to avoid it and uh, good, and wish good health to everybody because it's going to get bad absolutely. in this country. It looks like 10,000 people, that's their estimate mm. at the moment, have got it. So in the next six to eight weeks, it's going to be um, an interesting time. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what else have we been doing? Um, uh, yeah, I've, um, oh, I've been, I've been cataloging my granddad's photos, which again is another thing that I'll be able to do a little, spend a little bit more time on. And I've had really good fun with doing that. Um, kind of just finding the, searching out what the elements are and he's got a whole stack of photos of him, uh, going, I've spoken about this before, Mm. but in the second world war, he was in, um, uh, medium, uh, artillery regiment with the uh well originally attached to the eighth army so he was out in africa and then italy and then germ and up through europe and germany and um he took photos all the way around but there's they're really interesting photos because they're not really annotated so it's kind of a guessing game and i'm re- i really like old second world war vehicles yeah. <laughs> uh who doesn't like an early world war ii tank i mean come on <laughs> Uh, so, um, yeah, I've been sort of identifying bits and bobs from that. So it's a bit of social history. And is this and just a, really a, a private thing at the moment? Or are you posting your... No, I'm not. Yeah, it's private at the moment. Well, it's on, it's on, um, it is on Twitter, but you'd have to find me. I'm not going to give away what no. my thing is because it's, it's my really geeky, uh, my alter ego. <clears throat> no problem. <laughs> Wouldn't it be weird? My, my grandfather fought in Africa and Italy and Germany as well. Weird if they crossed paths. Mm-hmm. I mean, the likelihood well, is very slim, but uh, it's kind of strange to think that that might have happened. But we're talking massive distances, mm. aren't we? That um, I think, you know, my granddad travelled 3,000 miles in the first month of the yeah. war. So um, because they literally went across uh, to Libya didn't yeah. and then Tripoli. And so the interesting thing is, yes, that's possible. And I'm reading uh, Spike Milligan's War Memoirs, of which there are seven, wow. I think. And he was um, a heavy artillery 
spotter. Mm-hmm. Exactly the same job as my granddad had. Exactly the same. So that's been really interesting yeah. reading those because uh, my granddad told me lots about Monte Cassino and all those kind of things where it got got a little bit uncomfortable. Mm. He, he he used to say. So it will be it will be a project eventually, but um, at the moment it's just scanning in the photos and doing some research and cool. posting them on Twitter. So that's led me into all sorts of other things. I like just um, Magpie World. What, what have you been up to? Well, holiday. I read lots of books. Standouts: Stories of Your Life and Others by Ted Chang. So he's the guy that wrote the short story that Arrival uh, film was based on, and that's in this oh, okay. collection. And it's a stunning series of sci-fi short stories. They are He's super smart. You know, there's, there's really kind of involved detail stories in there that are just stunning. So that's well worth a read. What's his name? Ted Chang. I really enjoyed that film. I thought yeah, that was great. brilliant film. And the, the short story is just as good. Antarctica by Gabrielle Walker is also brilliant, which is kind of a natural history uh, of the continent of Antarctica. It covers everything, history, geology, nature, and loads and loads about the people who work there. And it's fascinating. I've got a real kind of passion for polar exploration and things. So that was a really good book and Erebus by Michael Palin. I've never read one of Michael Palin's books before, so I didn't really know what to expect. And this is a, a history, almost like a biography of the ship Erebus. Mm. Yeah. Um, which kind of sailed around the Antarctic first and got further south than any of the ships before it. And then was sent uh, under the command of John Franklin to discover the, or complete the Northwest passage and disappeared in, 1845, I think, and was found a few years later, uh, a few years ago. Um, but that's incredible. Really, really good book. I've read a couple of fictionalised accounts of the Erebus and Terror voyages. So it's good to kind of get this one, which is based on kind of the diaries and the letters. And um, and he writes it really well. Very little. I mean, he's, it's got his wit in there, but it's, it's quite a serious book. Um, so it's very good. So yeah, some cracking books. Yeah, I've read I've read the first first third of it, oh, okay. and um and then got distracted. Yeah. But I um uh, at the moment <laughs> we're in a I'm living in a um our bedroom is half di- is half ripped apart, uh, so there are no lights in it at I the see. moment. So I'm using the Kindle predominantly for reading. Um, so yeah, reading a book is uh will be a will be a pleasure. Mm. Well, that was- so I've got a huge pile of books from my birthday and from Christmas, and that is one of them. Um, but yeah, I, I I really like his writing style. Um, it's just, it's quite warm mm. and easy, um, but not, he isn't sort of oversimplifying anything. He's, you know, he's not writing for, he's not dumbing anything down. It's just. No, it's a proper, it's a proper history yeah, book, isn't it? I really enjoyed that. Um, and I'm currently reading, which I've been reading on and off for a while, Our Universe, An Astronomer's Guide by Joe Dunkley, which is a proper, it's like a little primer, really, for astronomy and cosmology, um, but really explains very well some of the really complex um, theories about kind of current thinking about the universe. So things like dark matter and stuff uh, makes them much more understandable. So that's a really good book. And it's only sort of little. Um, so that's good. Um, what else am I doing? I'm currently working on three little illustration projects. I worked on a couple of chunky ones before and after Christmas. A big map for a castle in Northern Ireland. 
and some packaging for a pie company in Canada. Um, and now I've just got three little illustration projects um, just starting. So that's quite nice. So it's been quite a good start to the year so far. It's good. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm up to. Um, and I'm watching the new season of Altered Carbon. Did you watch that on Netflix? No, I started series? to, and I just didn't go on with the lead no, I guy. No, I didn't it. like Joel Kinnaman um, either. I don't really like him. There's something else I saw him in recently, and I didn't really like him in it. Hannah, he's in? Uh, no, it's not that. Um, but this, anyway, because in Altered Carbon, people get put into new bodies when they get killed or whatever, um, there's a new lead. So it's Anthony Mackie. Um who's playing Takeshi Kovacs in this one. Um, yeah, it's good. It looks, it's a really good looking series. They've thrown lots of money at it. And what's that one? Is that? It's a Netflix. I started watching, have you heard of, have you heard of this? Uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, no. That? What's that about? It's, uh, it's, it's, um, people have to sit on toilets <laughs> and it's a chat show kind of thing. And it's the first one to go. <laughs> it's, uh, no it's um I, i've got that on um uh, now tv oh, okay. it's fine it's come back on because i joined ages yeah. ago and uh just to watch that because i'd never watched i've it. got to admit I'd, i was curious i would like to watch it i watched the first yeah. two series me too and then i started reading the books and the books entirely put me off the yeah. series they really are terrible and you kind of expect them to be good yeah. on the on the other side of that is um i've um been reading books on the War- Warhammer oh, yeah. 40k. Yeah, you mentioned books. this. Everyone probably rolling their eyes, but um, they have a publishing arm games workshop do called Black Library. And I didn't realise it was such a massive business for yeah. them. It's like they've had books in the uh, New York Times bestseller wow. list. They sell a lot of books and they have some really decent writers on there. And one of them I read uh, a guy called Dan Abnett, and he writes for Marvel, I think. Okay. He's a really, really good writer, but he's written mostly predominantly inside this Warhammer 40k universe. It's been going for 30 yeah. years. So it's got this 30 year backstory that is really, really cheesy, but really involved. And, um, it's easy to just this, dive in then. So 10,000 years before Warhammer started, right. there's this thing called Horus Heresy where the basically there was a huge civil war between humans uh, throughout the um, known galaxy and that's what sets in motion all of the chaos of 40k okay. which is just a universal war and is boring just people bashing around each other but this is much more measured and kind of pre prehistory uh, and it's really really good yeah it's uh, the first few books are, I've really enjoyed so um yeah have <clears> a, have from, a look at them Horus Heresy apart from Game of Thrones I haven't read any fantasy books really for yeah these are sci-fi years. i'd say they're are very they? sci-fi oh, okay. yeah yeah i kind of just assume then, but there's Warhammer a whole series of like fantasy. detective novels there are mystery ones and all sorts of Ooh. different style books cool and you can see why they're making so much money yeah absolutely <laughs> i've got a new office chair you know you sit we sit in these offices or these studios for a long time, yeah. don't we? When I started, I wasn't sure whether I was going to get a full-time job or not. So I just went to Ikea and bought a chair. And actually, it was surprisingly comfortable and I haven't had any back issues yeah. from it. But it's just fallen apart. So it lasted about five years. So I was then looking at, you know, should I invest a little bit more money in a, in a proper you chair? You've not gone Herman Miller, have you? No, <laughs> I haven't. I, I've gone um, human scale. Have you heard of them? I don't think they existed when I was... No in the agency side of things. So they're a bit cheaper than Herman Miller. 
by a considerable amount. You can pick up her millers pretty cheaply now, you know, second-hand ones. You can pick up for three or four hundred Yeah, but quick. you'd have to disinfect it, John. You would at the moment, yeah. yeah. Oh, they're nice so anyway, I've got this thing. It's, nice, like a, nice. it's like a mesh chair. Yeah. It's completely mesh, so it's just air around you. It's it's really nice. It was about 400 quid. Yeah. Which is a lot of money. It is. But I'm going to be sitting in it for, uh, I reckon, 10 years. That's really nice. So it's worth, um, it's worth spending the money. Yeah, it's a human scale, different world yeah. or something. I mean, it's the most awful names. Yeah, dif- think different up. world. Dif- it doesn't even, it's not even spelt <laughs> That's right. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, lovely looking chair though. Yeah, no, it's really good. I've got a, what, a sort of light, it's got sort of off grey. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you should do, invest in, invest yeah, in I'm a chair. I'm currently sat on a 10 quid Habitat chair. How's your back? Feels like a 10 quid. Yeah. Uh, so, on to news. I right. I looked at through your news and I was like, guys, he's got all design stuff in it. I'm really <laughs> impressed. And I, so I struggled to kind of... Uh, find some bits and pieces that I'd kind of bookmarked. Uh, well, I've been collecting for about four months. I know, and so have I, but, you know, things get old, don't they? Uh, yeah, they do. I've cleared out a lot. Yeah. What have you I'm got I'm going to start with just a little uh, snippet of advice. We've already talked about unsolicited oh, advice. Oh, yeah, free advice. We love that, don't we? Uh, so this was from uh, on SwissMist.com. Mm-hmm. It's a great website, and it's by someone called Kevin Kelly. I don't know who Kevin Kelly is. I haven't clicked on his link. Uh, but it's called the Immediacy Filter. Uh, and his advice is, one of the most useful bits of advice I ever got came from the writer Anne Herbert, who said that whenever she got an invitation to do something months away or even a week away, she asked herself whether she would accept the gig, meeting or task if it was tomorrow. The answer was often no. I use that immediacy trick all the time and it served me very well. I think that's a cracking bit of advice because I think it's really easy to accept things or say yes to things uh, and then regret, you know, say you kind of say yes in haste and regret at leisure, don't you? Um, Yeah. So I think that's a really good little trick to kind of, you know, figure out if you should be saying yes or no to things. If you wouldn't do it tomorrow, don't do it in three months' time. Mm Mm-hmm. There you go. That's my nugget of wisdom for, uh, from Kevin Kelly. Jolly good. Mm. Thanks, Kevin Kelly, mm. for a bit of unwanted advice. <laughs> uh, it is true, isn't it? It's easy to say um, say yes to something if it's far away. Yeah. Uh, but actually, in your heart of hearts, you know, they're normally, for me, they're social things mm. that I just will churn about it and not want to do it. Talking of social things, I didn't say. Uh, yeah, I went to the, and I think I could call this news. In um, it's called if you go to dot dot London dot London. Yeah. So that's www dot dot London. That's good, isn't it? Um, it's the War of the Worlds uh, experience, and it is a live sort of VR. I don't know, interactive exhibition for the War of the Worlds. Um, so it's kind of a little bit like cyberpunky. Oh, it's the Jeff Wayne. Yes, the music is involved, but it is. It follows the story closer than the BBC adaptation did recently. That wouldn't be hard, would it? <laughs> so my wife bought me tickets to that. It's in Leadenhall, mm-hmm. and um, it's really, really good, really funny, really worth going. I really recommend oh, it, cool. and the design of it is fabulous. It's running till November, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I see there's a new version of, another new version of War of the Worlds out on the telly at the minute. 
I think it's, it's really? on Fox or FX. A modern right. day retelling of it. It's getting some decent reviews. I haven't seen any of it, but it's just one of those stories that won't lay down, isn't it? Well, it's very, uh, it's very up to date, isn't mm. it? With this, the virus that comes in and um, yeah. In my news, oh, the first thing, the first thing is on my desk as well is, and this is news, I guess, is a new independent um, magazine out um, that is uh, about board games, um, and it's called Senate, and it is. I'm going to talk about it from the design perspective. It is a beautifully designed thing. Um, I will uh, show you a copy when I next see yeah, it. What's, but it's, what's um, it called? Senate. Senate. S-E-N-E-T. Huh. Does that mean something? Um, its strapline is board games are beautiful. Hmm. It's independently made. Uh, you can buy it straight from their website. But this is the, f- I just got the first edition. It's got game, like board game reviews in, but also interviews, interviews with board game designers, illustrators, artists. Um, it'll be right up your street, actually. Of course, the magazine looks great. Wanting to get into that market. Yeah, Senate, senatemagazine.com. Really beautifully produced. Mm. It's printed onto Antalis Woodforce Uncoated. Um, My favourite uncoated. Uh, it's printed in Wales. It's nice to know it's all made in GB. Um, and it's, yeah, beautifully, beautifully done. Mm. So I say, well done. Uh, it's co-founded by James Hunter and Dan Jolin. Who Dan Jolin is the editor, James Hunter is the designer. Cool. I've got an RIP list because we've started doing yeah. that quite a bit recently. Um, the first one is a chap um, who I've never heard of before, but he ha- he designed something that is uh, in everybody's houses or has been at some point in their life. His name was Jens Nygaard Nudson, and he created the Lego minifig. And he passed away in February. I hope he uh, he kind of appreciated just how much joy he'd he'd brought to kids' lives over the years and adults. If you follow the link and go to the Instagram piece, the, the second one along is the white spaceman, and I love that figure. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, you can get an orange uh, spaceman now, can't you? Oh, can yeah. you? But it only you comes in a special that, set. I mean, imagine having that, you know, that you designed that something CV. that iconic. Yeah, that's really very cool. <laughs> uh, we said goodbye to a great designer, yeah. um, Vaughan Oliver, in, I think, just after, just before New Year's. Yeah. Um, passed away. I think he'd been ill for a long time. But he was the 4AD uh, record labels designer. So if you've seen um, a lot of the Cocteau Twins yeah. albums. Pixies. And the Pixies. Yeah. He was famous for that kind of hugely overlaid over uh, you know really hard worked textural kind of typography and photography all mashed into yeah when i was at college he was a a god you know half the work we were doing on our course ended up looking like born oliver's it was (laughs) born oliver and uh barnbrook and Yes, completely. So yeah, he'll be missed from the world. Absolutely. Uh, only 62. So um, yeah, very sad. sorry to hear that. My next bit of news is something I, I follow this guy on Twitter called Stuart Humphreys and his Twitter handle is Babel Colour. And he, uh, a little like, is it Marina Amaral that we've featured before? She He recolors old photographs. Yeah. Um, and he tweeted uh, this week saying he'd run some of his coloured images through an AI photo enhancement program. He's mentioned it before, but he doesn't in this tweet doesn't mention which one it is. 
So I can't, I don't know which, um, which program is used. But if you click on that link and click on the first image, you get a before and after of this, I don't know where, this kind of European soldier. Um, yeah, he's a French. Yeah. He? Have you got that before and after? Oh, my goodness. It's extraordinary. So the, this, Are we in Blade Runner territory? It is a little bit. So this before... Just focus in there on the bar. <laughs> this uh, before photograph that um, Stuart's coloured is heavily pixelated. There's loads of noise. Uh, and it's just kind of... It's sort of a grubby photograph. And after it's been run through this AI, it looks like... Uh, it looks like it could have been taken yesterday on a modern camera, doesn't it? It's just... It is incredible. And if you click through to some of the others, they're just, I mean, these are photographs that are more than a hundred years old and they look sort of pin sharp and rich and they're just extraordinary. Uh, And a few weeks ago, we saw something else. Uh, Someone had used a similar program, so neural networks and machine learning rather than AI. And they'd run... um, uh, a piece of film through it, which was uh, a Lumiere Brothers film from 1896 of a train pulling into a station. Um, and this article on Ars Technica has the before and after. And again, it is just extraordinary. Part of the magic is that it's not only kind of upscaling these old formats to 4K, but it's this one... Um, changes it to 60 frames per second, which gives it this astonishing kind of modern TV-ish feel, which brings it even more to life. Um, mm. And it's incredible. The, again, like those photographs, the light in it and the reflections, it's, it's astonishing. And you've got all these people on the platform as this train pulls in and the reflections of the people on the platform in the train doors. And it's just crystal clear and kind of flawless. You wouldn't normally pick up on reflections on metal and things like that. Would yeah. You? The weird thing about it is I think because it's in the 60 frames per second, it, it gets rid of that, uh, you know, kind of Victorian frame rate kind of staggering or kind of stuttering that you get on old films and turns it into this incredible, smooth uh, performance. Oh, I, I was watching the wrong one. <laughs> I was watching the original. Ah, so now look at the... Oh, that's even better. Now look at the new one. That just looks like lots of people in fancy dress. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or Westworld yeah. on... Um, incredible. Obviously, HBO. this makes for a brilliant podcast, but we'll put all this, all these links in the show notes and you can have a good look. Yeah. Ian Livingston, who did the fan- fighting fantasy hmm. books, ca- came out with an amazing fact that I didn't realise about. I don't know if you saw this. Was that um, somebody commented on the fact that um, one of the book covers of the uh, the early fighting fantasy books called City of Thieves uh, has the main guy on the front of it called Zanzar Bone. Hmm. Do you remember? Yeah, play- yeah. Did you play that one? Yeah. And... Um, the artist, the same artist, also created the concept drawings for Darth Maul. And the side-by-side of them is astonishingly <laughs> similar. Is. Uh, so that I didn't know this, that, but I do yeah, know Ian McCaig. Uh, right. Ian McCaig is, well, 
how much do we like Ian McHugh's work? A lot. A lot. Other people like Ian McHugh look on Ian McHugh as a god. Right. In kind of concept art and illustration. I think he he almost kind of in, invented kind of digital concept art. I might be completely wrong about that, but I kind of get the impression that particularly that kind of painterly style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, But I had no idea he'd, uh, he'd done the fine fantasy stuff. Yeah, if you look at the two headshots next yeah. to each other. So Darth Maul's from Phantom Menace, if anyone's managed to avoid it. Yeah. Uh, another artist who is smashing it uh, at the moment is a lady called, I think it's a lady, mm. uh, Ellie Sampson. And um, she is a paper artist, um, which kind of ties in with another film that I saw by um, Helen Mus. Muscle White, uh, sorry, that we've spoken about yeah, before. Yeah. There's a really great little film by Handsome Frank. Yeah, that's her agency, um, isn't it? I haven't actually seen the film yet, but they've done some nice little um, videos of Handsome Frank. Yeah, they seem like really cool people yeah. who are like trying to do good things in the yeah. industry. Yeah, it's a lovely little film about her work. Um, obviously, I haven't seen any of her work since she really started out, and um, so she's really gone crazy mm. uh, like with the the kind of the quality of the work that she does. But this lady, uh, Ellie Sampson has, uh, all I saw was just a picture of, it was a, basically a photograph out of her old flat. Um, and she's built the view in paper and, um, we'll put the link on the show notes, but it is just astonishing. It's lovely. Um, isn't it? Her work is just staggeringly cool. It deserves to be, a you know, part of a stop motion film. It's just yeah. glorious. I, I got a, th- feeling that i've seen her like she's done like harry potter ones and all yeah. sorts of things like that you can follow follow her on instagram which is probably a good place to go to and she's uh just ellie j sampson and she calls herself a model maker but she's got she's built like sort of window frames and then views outside of window frames and oh she's just built millions loads and loads of stuff but she's a very very clever lady paper art is one of those work. things that there are some astonishing oh, artists you know yeah, Helen so cool. Musselwhite and Owen Gildersleeves thank you dear sorry I've just had my pie delivered oh happy new year John happy new year to you <laughs> how are you Steph did you have a lovely holiday she she certainly did <clears throat> she's uh, she's the colour of I don't know well burnished well varnished bronze. mahogany and are you the colour of um I, I look like I've had an afternoon in, in, in Scarborough in, um, in January. Uh, I was going to say you're the colour of a Savaloy. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but I didn't want to say polished Savaloy. <laughs> it's too late now, John, you've said it. Uh, it does look like we've gone to two different places on holiday. But that's fine. Absolutely, that paper art, something I can't quite comprehend how they do it. I mean, how do you get involved in that? It's astonishing yeah. talent. Um, uh, my next bit of news, kind of three months late for this, I guess, really, but it is the Casual Optimist, who I don't really know what the Casual Optimist do. They kind of blog about design and books and stuff. And for the last few years, they've done a notable book covers roundup at the end of each year. Oh, okay. uh, so they've done notable book covers of 2019. And it's well worth it. Uh, a trawl through. There's some really lovely stuff. Uh, I picked out one in particular uh, by Tom Etherington, which is called Learning from the Germans, Confronting Race and the Memory of Evil by Susan Nyman. And it's just this really nice kind of folded flags thing, but just 
it's kind of got that kind of mid-century yeah. look to it, which I really like. But some beautiful stuff, and they kind of group things together in kind of thematically in this in this list. So kind of typographically, they'll they kind of pull things together and illustratively, and you know, it's a really good uh, a good little read. I really like that book cover because uh, what I like about it is that it's quite obvious. Yeah, like in the mid-centuries, also the fact that the grid is then folded paper, so it's slightly softened, yeah. and uh, it works really, really well. Yeah, really, really good. <clears throat> yeah, but there's some absolute crackers in there, um, and it's you don't really appreciate the sounds silly, but the variety of book covers that are published. I think because a lot of the stuff we see is, you know, bestsellers and, you know, certain kind of certain seaside and authors are certain genres of books. But when you mm. see just kind of this whole range of stuff, I mean, some of it is kind of academic or kind of a bit esoteric. Um, but yeah, it's just cracking stuff. Well done, book designers everywhere. That's what I'll say. Again, how do you get into book design? Don't know. Don't Daniel Benioff Gray. Ty- typography. Uh, you know, typography news. Again, where am I getting all this stuff from? Uh, a big one here. It was um, uh, in uh, end of January. Uh, it was announced that Monotype had acquired Fontsmith. Mm. Uh, I didn't know how I felt about this because I'm a real fan of Fontsmith stuff. Um, I really love their publications yep. and I love their, I love, I, you know, they're the ones I've spent some serious money on fonts with or typefaces in the past um, and monotype don't fill me with joy. Uh, but if it's good for them and it's going to be a good thing, then then great. But I don't like seeing all of this slow growth of uh, large. Just, I, I guess it's like every, it's, this happens in every sector of business and industry, doesn't it? Generally, you know, you get mm. these kind of small individual bespoke companies kind of crafting a product or a service and they get, you know, better and better known and they get bigger and bigger and then eventually they just get bought up. And we always mourn the kind of loss of that individuality of a company. But I guess in some ways it just, it's making some room for someone else to, to fill that space, isn't it? Yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's an interesting way of looking at it, I guess. I mean, I, you know, I imagine that, um, it's Jason Smith, isn't it? Font- yeah, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, I imagine he's made a few few pennies off so? it and he's secured the future of all of his uh, employees yeah. and all that kind of stuff. It just, we, we've spoken about this, I say this all the time, don't we? But we have spoke, touched on this recently is, uh, you know, things never stand still and we have this, well, the general, we have this general kind of expectation that things will always stay the same. Mm. And they just don't. Businesses go or they disappear and, we expect everything to be uh, um, live forever, but it just doesn't doesn't no, work that way. Doesn't uh, another company, an, an independent typeface company, uh, have done a, a Hofler Hofler. Yep. Uh, I always say it wrong. The they've come up with a really cool little product, and I'm sure other people have done this before. But I think this is a brilliant idea. They call it um, Foundation, and um, you can buy these things called type capsules, and they are a collection of their own uh, typefaces in one little package. So you get a few weights of each of a selection of typefaces with some examples of how to use them. And I think for anybody who's starting out or doesn't have large budgets for typefaces, myself included here, um, it's a brilliant, brilliant way to collect 
typeface to start collecting typefaces, not relying on pirated ones or dodgy free versions that, you know, has terrible kerning yeah, and, you know, all sorts of things. There has to be a it's benefit just, to type foundries to doing this kind of thing because so much type is pirated because it is just from most designers, particularly freelance designers and a lot of studios, it's just the prices are just out of reach. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at buying, um, you know, yeah, if you want to get something like, uh, what's a popular typeface at the moment? Um, That's me. Circular, like, uh, it's it's $1,000. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, and you can't buy it broken down. Yeah, and who's going to use, who's going to pay out that amount of money for, you know, wow. perhaps one client? I don't think anybody yeah. is. Um, Particularly when that client's then got a fork out of 1000 to use it. It's $99, and then you get an extra $125 discount if you want to buy any of the other font families. Okay. Uh, the full font families, once you've decided on them. Um, brilliant, brilliant way. And you can, you know, the best advice of putting type together is going to be from the type designer <laughs> yeah. um, or, you know, how to combine yeah. things. Because I know that um, Typewolf, that website, yeah. he charges now for the his recommendations oh, of type Well, there's still um, Fonts in Use, which is quite good, which is like right. a curated website showing how the designers have paired type on products or whatever yeah. that's one i always it, go to because i'm terrible at it yeah me too i find it really hard i'll tell you who's um uh, mike, I was gonna say, um gonna say mike sullivan mike sullivan <laughs> is brilliant at he is uh identifying really cool typefaces yeah. yeah he has an amazing eye for he does. really sharp new type uh check check in the post please yeah We've had, oh, we've had, he's done that yeah, already. Yeah. I first saw this app that just, is just so, um, just end the world now. Um, it's called Look Busy app. I don't know who posted this. Oh, where this. was this? Probably Mike Sullivan uh, or Dan. <laughs> oh, here it is. Uh, it's an app that fills your calendar with fake appointments <laughs> so that nobody can book you in, the, in a company on appointments. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought this was stupid, but actually that's brilliant. <laughs> well, it is stupid and brilliant. It's actually a real app. Um, oh, that's so clever! So if you work in a large, a large uh, company, you cannot be, uh, you can never be booked. Basically, yeah. So the spiel is: Look busy fills your work calendar with realistic-looking but secretly fake work <laughs> events. Your coworkers won't schedule conference calls and meetings, so you can get actual work done. But if we really come to it, that people can't do any work because they're constantly in meetings. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's uh-huh. one benefit of the coronavirus, isn't it? <laughs> Be less meetings in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about other ridiculous things, my last my last bit of news yeah. here. Um, did you see the um, the the shitstorm that was Daniel Craig's video to camera about uh, designing a poster for No Time oh, to Die? Oh, I didn't actually. I never clicked on the we, thing to watch it. Right. So in yeah mid just before Christmas, uh, yeah. they um, posted the 007 franchise posted out a. Uh, I think it was on Twitter and probably all sorts mm. of social media. But it was basically that classic. And you, when you start, you just read the first words and you know what's coming. It's like, are you a budding artist or illustrator? Here's your chance to design yeah. poster artwork. Dun, dun, dun. You're like, are people still making this mistake? Large brands, are they still making this mistake? I guess the thing is... And like, you can't blame it on... You can't say that, uh, oh, well, it's great publicity. No, the, because the thing is, they don't the film care. gets great publicity anyway. They don't care. So, because they don't pay any attention to the little designer, illustrator, Twitter bubble, do they? 
Mm. You know, that was liked by 6,000 people. Yeah. So it's, it's going to carry on and on and on. <clears throat> but, mm. you know, they are bastards for doing it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, well, website of the week? Well, you go first. Okay. I, Have you got one? Well, it's not a website. It's uh, it's uh, just looking for it. Where is it? Oh, actually, it was the Casual Optimist, notable book covers of 2019. Oh, okay. Well, my one is um, just so you can, um, you, you know, you can actually download this. If you've dug a bunker in your garden or you've got a, um, a nice cellar or anything like that that you can go down into, then load up this app. Uh, if you've got a projector or something like that, put it onto the wall. <laughs> Um, it is the British government's live um, dashboard of the uh, the virus, coronavirus. See what this doesn't uh, work on mobile. No, you only get like some really tiny yeah. stats, don't you? Um, but the uh, basically, it's like a live tracking of of where it is, where it's coming towards you, um, and uh, yeah, I've got um, it's it's quite it's it's in Winchester. Oh, is it? So it's coming. It's going to be coming up the road. Oh, yeah, yeah, we've got it sort of. Yeah, over the river in Kingston. Right. Not far away. So don't go there. No. I'm not going to leave the house. Um, yeah. It's in basically in Tesco in in Winchester, in Winnell. So uh, I won't be going to Tesco. No. But what, it would be quite good to make one of these, like a parody one, but of uh, the uh, 14th century Black Death. Yes. Or or uh, or um, Samuel Pepys' time. Yeah. I'm sure someone will be, be doing funny. that right now. There'll be, uh, be a little hobby someone's taking up because they're busy self-isolating. Okay. Uh, have you got a pie, John? You better, you better fire up Dreamweaver. <laughs> uh, you got a pie? I have. Yes, it looks repulsive. Oh. It's um, it's an oven cook, which is a, always a good thing. Uh, chipotle chili bean puff pastry pie. That sounds all right. Have you had this? No. It's a Sainsbury's. This was reduced, and it's one pound nineteen. Gone for real. So less than like two pounds ten for my meal. Really? I've lost it. Where's it gone? It's a dog I've addict. Actually lost. Oh no, it's right in front of me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What have you got? I've got. Um, well, spring is just around the corner, so I've gone for something seasonal from the back of the freezer. It's a pie minster dear Santa pie oh. that I was going to have for all, one of our Christmas episodes, which didn't happen. Right. Venison, bacon, red wine, and lentil. Not quite Ooh. sure what the lentil's doing in there, but yeah, I might have had that a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, do you want to Lentil go first? in a pie? I don't know. I'm going in. Okay. I'm very crunchy. It looks like a football pie. Kidney beans in a pie. Mm. How is it, Elliman? Uh, am I referring first? Yeah. Um, okay. Really quite claggy. It's got kidney beans. It tastes like a Burger King bean burger or whatever they call it. Okay. That is not Chipotle. That is just like a raw school chili con carne. Yeah kind of flavour. There's no smokiness to that whatsoever. Um, it's got green, uh, yellow peppers, green peppers in it. I mean, what are they all doing in a pie? They died. They died They're in vain. vain. Pastry's terrible, but I will be eating it for my dinner because I'm hungry. Yeah. What's yours like? It's all right, actually. The pastry's fantastic. Pie means the pies generally have really good pastry, don't they? Yeah, I really like uh, it. It doesn't really taste particularly venison-y, and I'd, I'd say it was slightly under-seasoned. But it's uh, <laughs> it's a pretty good pie, you know. I'll give it a you, John Tarot, seven point one. Oh, I'm not. You haven't. I'm, no, I'm, you've forgotten we do that. Oh, 
I'm going to give it a five. A five. It's not that bad. It's got so much chili spice in it that it made it, you know, anything taste nice like that. Especially when you're starving. Yeah. Right, I better go and count my uh, toilet rolls. Yep. I'm going to go disinfect um, the cat. Um, <laughs> right. Well, it was lovely talking to you, John. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, are we going to carry on doing this? Well, we should, shouldn't we? We shouldn't stop at 99. Well, I'm going to come and see you next. Oh, no, you're I'm coming to see, see me you. on Wednesday, yeah? yeah? We're going out for pub lunch, aren't we? Somewhere yeah. with a pie. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. It's a date. If anybody's listening out there, stay safe. Absolutely. And don't mm-hmm. forget to wash your hands. Wash your hands while singing... Uh, ring a ring of roses? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. right. Cheers, John. Yeah, have a good night. Yeah, you too. Good night. Whatever. Good one. What does that mean? Ah, I don't know. Works for me. All right then. Cheerio.